United States Penitentiary, Beaumont, Texas, Murder and Mayhem in the Thunderdome. Located deep in southeast Texas, the Federal Correctional Complex at Beaumont is made up of a trio of federal prisons that are home to about 5,667 prisoners. These prisons are run by the Bureau of Prisons, which is the federal arm of the U.S. prison system and agency of the Department of Justice. The BOP oversees more than 150,000 prisoners, with almost 22,000 of them in the state of Texas alone. It is normally the failings of private prison industry that receive the most attention. But by taking a closer look at the federally managed Beaumont complex, a number of questions are raised regarding the management of federal prisons. Recognizing the inherent dignity of human beings and their potential for change, the BOP treats inmates fairly and responsibly and affords them opportunities for self-improvement, they say. The United States Penitentiary in Beaumont is home to what prisoners call the Thunderdome. This moniker borrowed from the Mad Max fantasy flicks of the 1980s refers to the place where two go in and only one come out alive. At USP Beaumont, witnesses claim that guards paired up rival segregation prisoners in the 15 by 20 foot red cages and forced the prisoners to go at it. This went unknown and garnered no attention until one of the matches was fatal. Prisoners Shannon Wayne Agofsky and Luther Plant were in a red cage together. What according to a Beaumont prison guard's testimony, Agofsky stomped on Plant's head, which caused him death nearly two hours later. Forensics experts testified that Plant had drowned in his own blood. While BOP and FBI officials acknowledged that this was the fifth murder at USP Beaumont since it opened at that time, they refused to close any details to the media relating to three other homicides, such as the names, date, time, or manner of death of those men. The prosecution was able to seek the death penalty for Agofsky under a 1994 crime bill that made murder in federal prison a death penalty offense. Agofsky, who was serving a life sentence without parole, was cast by the prosecution as an experienced karate expert just waiting to attack. Agofsky has a black belt in Wa-Rang-Do, a branch of martial arts that translates literally as the way of the flowering manhood. A letter written by Agofsky himself was also presented at trial. He wrote, all I do is work out, wait to leave, and hope the cops mess up and put me around some scumbag so I can test out my hands. The authorities apparently gave him that opportunity when he was put in the cage with his opponent Plant that day, who had served eight of his 15 years on charges of arson. Christopher Matt, a Beaumont prison guard, testified that his, his responsibility to pair the prisoners in a red cage, and he said he did not sense hostility between the two prisoners when he done it. Witness at trial maintained that pairing up prisoners in cages and allowing them to fight was common practice, though. So common that the nickname sprouted up like Gladiator School and the aforementioned Thunderdome. Prison officials totally denied this. Agoski's defense contended that the guard did not even witness the fight, and three prisoners testified that Agoski did not start the fight himself. Agoski, who had recently lost his 2000 appeal for the 89 kidnapping and murder of Dan Short in Missouri, was convicted and sentenced to death for a plant. After his conviction, Agoski was transferred to ADX Florence, Colorado, the Supermax, 
The BLP tried to prevent contact between this reporter and Nagovsky on a few times. They do not want him telling his story. I was told by a Colorado ADX employee that a phone conversation between Nagovsky and I could be arranged, yet Nagovsky would have to place the call. I sent a letter to him himself with my phone number and awaited a call. I got a call, but it was from his mother. Her son had contacted her and instructed her to phone me. She related to me it would be impossible for him to call me because he was allowed limited phone calls per month and could only call family members. During this conversation, Agofsky told me that Agofsky, I'm sorry, Agofsky's mother told me that Agofsky had sent a letter detailing his experience. Months later, I have not received that letter from him. It did not come. Two more prisoners at Beaumont, USP Beaumont, were indicted in a, a stabbing death of another prisoner. Arzell Gully and David Lee Jackson are now in Colorado facing charges of first-degree murder and the use of dangerous weapons in a federal facility. And if convicted, they face the death penalty or life sentence. In an unrelated case, prisoner Barnes was transferred to USP Beaumont, originally convicted in Washington, D.C. for murder and conspiracy. Barnes had testified against a co-defendant for reduction in his sentence, and as a result of his cooperation, bounced from prison to prison in P.C. According to the family spokesman, Barnes knew he was going to die. Fellow prisoners targeted Barnes incessantly. At one point, he was placed in a cell with another prisoner who fought him all night long. At this prison, Barnes was supposed to be under protective custody. He sought removal from the BOP system, but instead was transferred to USP Beaumont. Within one day, Barnes was dead in Beaumont with 69 wounds. Since then, Beaumont has been tight-lipped about the information around murders. It's hard to find out what happens. Brown said the family only wanted to know the basics surrounding Keith's murder, as well as ensure protection for his mother who fears for her life. Brown has called USP Beaumont looking for answers, but she's come to the conclusion they were giving her the runaround and keeping everything hush-hushed. When USP Beaumont did release information to the family, this information has not always been consistent or made sense. After receiving notification of Keith's death on Mother's Day, the family was told that Keith had been found dead. Only later did they learn that Keith was pronounced dead at a hospital. Not the same thing. We have the right to know what happened to him, she said. The Bureau ensures the physical safety of all inmates through a controlled environment which meets inmates' needs for security through the elimination of violence, predator behavior, gang activity, drug use, and inmates' weapons, they claim. There are over 150,000 prisoners incarcerated in the Bureau of Prisoner Facilities, and over 88,000 of those prisoners are convicted of drug offenses. At USP Beaumont, 33% of the prison population is in for drug crimes. With a fair amount of people in prison for drug offenses, the demand for drugs inside the prison has not ceased. A report by the Office of Inspector General said USP Beaumont was reported to have the highest percentage of drug tests and drug misconduct in the entire BOP. The Inspector General's report, approximately 8% of the 1,300 prisoners have pos- tested positive for drug use lately. Overall, drug mu- misuse was about 23% of inmates. Access to drugs in prison more specifically high-security prisons, generally requires complicity from prison employees. 
The prisoners at USP Beaumont have not been hard-pressed to find this cooperation from guards. At least five guards are known to have been indicted for either conspiracy to possess or possession of controlled substance with intent to distribute in the Beaumont prisons. The monitoring of staff involvement in drug smuggling by the BOP is meager to say the best. A report titled The Federal Bureau of Prisons Drug Interdiction Activities details the role of prison staffs in making drugs accessible to prisons. A prison guard in USP Beaumont was caught attempting to smuggle in 109 grams of crack cocaine, 73 grams of black tar heroin, and 25 grams of white heroin in the USP Beaumont. The report demonstrates how staff involvement in drug smuggling can increase the reach and amount of drugs in all prisons. The report also documents the effect of ion spectrometry technology, which allows prison officials to monitor inflow of drugs through random screening of prisoner visits. Basically, it's hand swabs is what they're talking about. USP Beaumont was blamed for the disappointing figures in the whole BOP. The report states that it's it's giving the entire system a black eye. Even when addressing drug use at BOP as a whole, the Beaumont prisons have stood out as an exemplary case for some of the core problems in the BOP system. Yet the Beaumont federal prisons have seen their share of staff assault cases also. In 2001, Brian Small, a Beaumont prison guard, was indicted for conspiracy to defraud the United States. Small was a supervisor of guards at FCI Institution in Beaumont, another BOP facility, while prisoners were allegedly being assaulted by guards for several months. Small was the only guard charged and arrested. Rhonda Mims, another guard at the complex in Beaumont, is facing sexual contact with a prisoner. She faces a six-month term and a $5,000 fine. In the Office of Inspector General's semi-annual report to Congress, it said Beaumont has a miserable performance and must be fixed. From these complaints, 236 cases of BOP employee misconduct were open. The report said that the misconduct ranged from bribery of public official, sexual abuse of inmates, and introduction of con- contraband by guards in Beaumont. The Beaumont prisons are not the sole manifestation of a woefully inadequate system, though. Simultaneous, the full extent of BOP mismanagement has yet to be fully reported because of the high efficiency of damage control. They won't let us know what's going on. Yet, even without the limited amount, even with the limited amount of information available. The troubles at just one Texas prison in the BOP system should be troubling for any American. Texas prison stories, y'all. Like, subscribe, and share this out for me. Thank you.